Alkebolan, ancient name for Africa, meaning mother of humanity. You can never embark on the journey of self-discovery as an African child or a gifted to be a healer without the knowledge and history of African indigenous practices. This is the starting point of understanding the footprints of our ancestors. Togozani. You are with Makulu Tambalenyoga. I'm a healer. A gobela, a spiritual master, for over ten years now, and have been in different spiritual methodologies, researching studying concepts of practice and their technologies. And I have discovered that many aspects are similar in these technologies. All we need to do is understand how these structures are built within them. Now today's topic is traditional religions of Africa. This will exclude all Abrahamic religions. Why do we study these practices? Is to help you that you understand where our ancestors are coming from. We come from further places than where we are currently placed at. Our dreams are a map of our origins. Hence we get so confused of other tribes we see in our dreams. This will clarify many questions you might have as the majority of us have Christian-raised backgrounds. North Africa is famous and has attracted many countries with the likes of Egypt where everyone is documenting its history, its wealth, lifestyle and spirituality. There's four traditions we'll be talking about, which are Kemetism, Punic religion, traditional Beba religion, Hausa animism. We're going to start with the ancient Egyptian religion that encompass Egypt and Sudan, where we will find Kemetism being practiced. This religion is very complex with beliefs and rituals. 
that centers a formal practice of pharaohs, many deities that rule Egypt and that are believed to possess divine powers by virtue of their positions. And they act as intermediaries between their people and the gods who perform rituals and offerings so that they could maintain Ma'at, which is the order of the cosmos, and repel chaos. The Egyptian state dedicated huge amounts of resources to religions, rituals, and to the construction of the temples. Individuals could interact with gods for their own purposes through prayer or compelling the gods to act through magic. And they believe in the afterlife and the importance of commemoration. Hence, there's great efforts made in the survival of their souls after death through the provision of tombs, grave goods and offerings to preserve the bodies and spirits of the deceased. This religion has its roots in Egypt, its prehistory, and it has lasted for 3,500 years. This practice changed over time as the importance of particular gods rose and declined, and their complex relationships shifted. At various times, certain gods became leading over others, including the sun god Ra, the creator god Amun, and the mother goddess Isis. For a brief period in the theology spread by the pharaoh Akhenaten, a single god, the Aten, replaced the traditional pantheon. Ancient Egyptian religion and mythology left behind many writings and monuments along with the influences on modern cultures. Now we're going to talk about Kemetism. This is a native name for Egypt, also referred to as Naturism. In Coptic it means deity. This is a revival of ancient Egyptian religion and is related to expressions of religion in classical period during the 1970s. There are several main groups, each of which takes a different approach to their beliefs, ranging from white to reconstruction. The followers of Kemetism generally worship a few gods, Ma'at, Bast, Anubis, Sekhmet or Thoth, among others, but recognize the existence of every god. The practice takes form of prayer and setting up altars, but there are no set of guidelines for worship. Altars can contain items such as candles, offerings, or statues. Now the Egyptians are explaining how their cosmology work, like in Ma'at, what does it mean? It refers to the fundamental order of the universe. 
It distinguishes the world from the chaos that preceded and surrounds it. How creation is perceived as follows by the Egyptians. They develop many accounts of creation, of which differ greatly in events they describe. In particular, the deities credited with creating the world vary in each account. This difference partly reflects the desire of Egypt's cities and priesthoods to exalt their own patron gods by attributing creation to them. Egyptians saw the creation process as having many aspects and involving many divine forces. The origin of humans is not a major feature of Egyptian creation stories. In some texts, the first humans spring from the tears that Ra Atum, or his feminine aspect, the eye of Ra, sheds in the moment of weakness and distress, foreshadowing humans' flawed nature and sorrowful lives. Others say humans are molded from clay by the god Knum, but overall, the focus of the creation myth is the establishment of cosmic order rather than the special place for humans within it. The reign of the sun god. In the period of the mythic past after the creation, Ra dwells on earth as king of the gods and of humans. This period is the closest thing to a golden age in Egyptian tradition the period of stability that Egyptians constantly thought to evoke and imitate. Now, as we speak about the sun god, Ra, this is how they will explain how he moves across four corners of the world, four corners of the universe, four corners of earth, four seasons. Ra movements through the sky and the duat are not fully narrated in Egyptian sources, although the texts like the Amduad, Book of Gates, and Book of Caverns relate the nighttime, half the journey in sequences of vignettes. This journey is the key to Ra's nature and to the sustenance of all life. In traveling across the sky, Ra brings light to the earth, sustaining all things that live there. He reaches the peak of his strength at noon and then ages and weakness as he moves toward the sunset. In the evening, Ra takes the form of Atum, the creator god, oldest of all things in the world. At the end of the day, he spits out all the other deities who he devoured at sunrise. Here, they represent the stars. And the story explains why the stars are visible at night and seemingly absent during the day. At the sunset, Ra passes through the horizon in the west. At times, the horizon is described as a gate that goes to do art. The greatest challenge is the opposition of Apep, a serpent god who represents the destructive aspect of disorder and who threatens to destroy the sun god and plunge creation into chaos. In many of the texts, Ra overcomes these obstacles with the assistance of other deities who travel with him. They stand for various powers that are necessary to uphold Ra's authority. That is the story of the Egyptian 
traditional religion that includes Kemetism. Now we're talking about Punic religion in Carthage that is found in Tunisia, Libya, and Algeria. This is a direct continuation of the Phoenician variety of the Canaanite religion. Whether this religion included child sacrifice has been subject of scholarly debate. The Phoenician pantheon was presided over by the father of the gods, but the goddess was the principal figure in the Phoenician pantheon of gods and goddesses also influenced many other cultures. The goddess Astarte seems to have been popular in early times. Most archaeologists have believed that infant sacrifices occurred. Lawrence E. Stager, who directed the excavations of the Carthage Tophet in the 70s, came to the conclusion that infant sacrifices was practiced there and his opinion influenced later historians. That's the story of the Punic religion. Now we're talking about the traditional Barber religion, which is found in many places like Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, Mauritania, Mali, Niger, Chad, and Burkina Faso. This is an ancient and native belief in deities adhered to by the Berbers of North Africa. Many ancient Amazon beliefs were developed locally, whereas others influenced over time through contact with other traditional African religions and ancient Egyptian religion or borrowed antiquity from the Punic religion, from Carthage Judaism, Berin mythology and the Hellenistic religion. The most recent influence came from Islam. The Berbers worship their kings. The tombs of the Numidian kings are among the most notable monuments left by the classical Berbers. The veneration of saints which exists among modern Berbers and the form of Marabutism which is widespread in Northwest Africa. This means Muslim teacher or leader. That's the story of the traditional Berber religion. Now we're talking about the Hausa animism. The story is quite short. It's found in Sudan. It's merely a pre-Islamic traditional religion of Hausa people of West Africa that involve magic and spirit possession. Most of the adherents of the religion accepted Islam after the 18th century jihad by the Islamic reformer Usman Dafodio. That is the story of 
African traditional religions found in North Africa. Before we can do anything in our path, before we can start the path or walking the path or becoming healers, it's always important to know the footprints of how our ancestors traveled from North Africa to where we are placed at. Wherever you are, you have to understand where you're coming from, what lies in your DNA, what is fully embedded in your genes so that you can be aligned, synthesized accordingly, according to what is required. Tokozan.